This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast, now in our fifth season, looking into the exciting happenings of Ipswich Town Football Club. I'm Richard Woodward and you are tuned into the midweek show, available every week on video and audio for a sometimes irreverent but always informative hour or more of football conversation. So make your Monday a Blue Monday and joining me for their first appearance of 2020, Mikey Penty-Smith and Joe Fairs. Happy New Year, guys. How are we doing? Joe, we'll start with you and your, I mean, your immense beard. I think that's the only word I can use for it. Me and Mikey, we know we've, we're doing all right for ourselves. But Joe, that is, um, that's Lumberjack-esque, I would suggest. Thanks, Rich. I, I was just explaining in the green room that I had to pay £17 for, the, for a beard tidy because my electric razor broke on the way to Edinburgh, which I discovered as I was getting ready for the wedding in about about an hour before it. I mean, it's, it's paid off. Did he dye it as well? I mean, it looks darker in colour, if anything, Joe. There's a bit of grey and a bit of ginger in there if you were to look closely, so <laughs> try not to. Another man with an excellent beard is Mikey. Mikey, good to see you again. You um, made an appearance on the Lincoln show, was it? I'm trying to remember. Um, yeah, it was Lincoln. You and Dave did Lincoln. Yeah. yeah, so it was technically my first ever midweek show appearance of the season. Happy um, days. And then, yeah, this is, uh, yeah, I'm back to back. Um, this is good. Yeah. Give no more rotation. Exactly right. No more rotation. <laughs> are you a bit? Are you a bit ill, Mikey? You sound a little bit sickly there. Uh, or yeah, you... I've I I have been suffering with man flu. Not not severe man flu, but I have been suffering a bit for the last couple of weeks. Pretty much ever since Portsmouth away. Um, I just never really recovered from that. Yeah, um, it was nasty, cold and wet, wasn't it? Drenching. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But did you you ever? We heard about your Christmas, Joe. Did you have a good Christmas? Are you back to work? Are you depressed like everyone else is, or you've got a few more days? Yeah, really good. I I, I was back today. I had to go in one day over the break just to price up a job in Cromer, which is pretty exciting. So oh, I hope you scratch the <laughs> temple and go. That's gonna cost you. Well, hopefully we don't get that one because it's quite far away. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that was there. But I'd had the week off before to go to Edinburgh for a wedding, so I've had a nice long break. 
Excellent stuff. Well, let's um, let's bring things up to date with a bit of news, shall we? I'm trying to figure out which way to do this in in order. Let's do it. Um, let's start in significance order. Um, a new deal for Paul Lambert, gentlemen. We've had plenty of questions on this topic, as you can no doubt imagine. So we won't go too deep into this um, at the start. But it's a four-year extension to an existing deal, which um, was already eighty had eighteen months to run. Um, yeah. Thoughts on on this one? What you what were your immediate reactions? I think everyone's immediate reactions were probably the same on Twitter. Mikey, what what was your thinking? I was yeah absolutely stunned. stunned. I just couldn't couldn't believe what I was reading. I was I was speechless to begin with, and uh, the Ipswich fans that I was well, I was with one other Ipswich fan and then a Wickham fan. And neither of them could believe it either. It, and I actually saw Amy Downs in, was in the same pub as me, and she was, um, was on the white horse. Shocked. Was she was shocked as well. No, it wasn't the white horse. No, um, she wasn't. Working. Yeah, Joe. Joe, you'll have to tell us what. <laughs> Joe, you'll have to tell us what the white horse was like uh, in a minute. But yeah, initial reaction was just complete stun. Just initially surprised that he's earned himself a new contract um, with the way that we've been playing recently, but but. The, the overriding thing that I couldn't get over was five years. I just don't understand why you need to offer someone a five-year contract to get them to stay in a job that they're relatively happy in. Surely he would have taken a three-year deal. I don't know. Yeah, exactly right. Joe, it kind of it, it sounds similar to the kind of Alan Pardew eight-year deal at Newcastle and David Moyes' contract, which I think he's now seen through at Old Trafford when he replaced Fergie. Um, what, what was your take on it? Well, I'd, I'd mentioned to you guys a couple of weeks ago that somebody had said, oh, apparently Lambert's close to getting a new contract. I, I looked back at the text, and it was 16th of December, somebody had mentioned that to me, so t- two and a half weeks ago. And even with that in mind, it, I still was absolutely flabbergasted when I read the news that that it was there. All of a sudden, my phone, just it was just as we were parking, as we got to Wickham, my phone just lit up in about five group chats. The same, <laughs> the same message came through, and like the same as Mike, I just, I just don't really get it. I, even sort of knowing or sort of apparently knowing that it could be happening, I still couldn't believe the sort of length of it, the timing of it after a sort of a vote of confidence was put out on sort of TWTD and ITFC's website just the day before. It's like, how do you go from a vote of confidence to a four-year extension, so a five-and-a-half-year contract? It's mm. crazy for me, but I'm to, sure we'll to me, cover it more. To, to coin a very, very millennial term, um, and I'm sure most of our listeners will be aware of this from Leeds fans and Derby fans and whatever on Twitter, but it really seems banter era-esque. Like, it's the sort of thing that will get, it will get brought up many, many times in the, when somebody looks back at Ipswich Town's banter era, which it feels like we're in, we're already in it. And this yeah. is just another second step decade in the road, of it's but... about to start, Mikey. Well, <laughs> yeah. a, a, few, a few people mentioned the Bobby Robson contract, where he was under pressure and got this long contract. But to me, it feels more like the Alan Pardew contract, where yeah. fans of other clubs and Evans is going to have this hanging over him. <laughs> like I said, there's there's no way Paul Lambert is Ipswich manager in 2020. I was going to say, yeah, we we, we all agreed he's not going to see this out, is he? No. no. Well, no, because he, he, if if he does a well enough job to keep himself in it, he's going to get a better job for more money somewhere else anyway, possibly closer to home. Mm. So it's just ridiculous. And and that and that's without being Lambert out. That that's t- putting that to one side, because um, I'm still on, on the fence. I'd say about 
Lambert's future at Ipswich. But you put that to one side and still, even in if if he was offered it when we were top of the league and after we just won at Rochdale, I'd still be like, hang on, five, five years? Just bonkers, bonkers. <clears throat> well, I think apparently Sunderland had asked after him, according to... I think Alan Nixon on Twitter a few weeks ago, I just noted, noticed that when they went for Parkinson, they had inquired about Lambert. So that might have been the thing that kicked off the talks a, a few months ago that someone else wanted him. But so we'll have a debate in, in the questions about the, what the message sends for this contract, this five-year deal, or five-year contract, whether it's stability versus um, the motivation aspect. Um, I, I, there's this safety thing in football. Sometimes it's a little bit too comfortable at Ipswich, isn't it? And sometimes a bit of jeopardy or a bit of, you know, we've <laughs> we've seen the opposite side of it, which is good players let their contracts run down. So we haven't got that risk. But the flip side is, where is your motivation to do more? And um, it'll be interesting to see that plays out. But yeah, as I say, plenty of questions um, about that, reactions to that. Um, he's been doing a lot of chat um, online the last few um, days over Christmas and New Year's, Leo Neal. Um, more quotes um, from him yesterday around the transfer window. He'd already admitted that it's unlikely to be a busy January transfer window. And um, when has it ever been a busy transfer window? And it was, which I guess it was last season's was quite busy, but that was um, trying to make the best of a bad situation to try and keep us up. Um, quotes for you guys. We will keep looking to see if there are. Um, of those players that make a difference and um, we were given the kind of tenuous um, positive that there are three important players in Vincent Young, Bishop, Sears that are like adding to the squad which I don't think any Hashtag of us new signings. are having <laughs> there um, but the big one there and I listened to this interview driving back yesterday um, from Wickham um, was possibly an answer to a question that he hadn't been asked I think Brenner Willie was asking him around the fringe players. We've got, uh, again, there's a debate about the quality and the depth of our squads. Um, and I think Brennan's inference was maybe shedding a bit of the bloat in the squads, which we all need to do in January, frankly, after Christmas, um, was to shift some of the fringe players out, I guess like Jordan Roberts and those kind of players, and obviously players out online, and that might free up a few, a few funds or wages to bring players in and um, Leonel went a little bit further and started talking about our kind of high value players like and didn't mention names but Downs and Wolfen and, and said um, we want to keep hold of our better players and our young players as long as possible um, but if it's the right in business sense which we all love as football fans and provides a chance for reinvestment in the future it's something we will look at. Joe your thoughts on whether this is something that is likely feasible in January um, and um yeah. Any other thoughts about the January window in general? Um, it's, it's a difficult one because every club, at, every player, at every club is effectively for sale at the right price. But that right price has got to be an astronomical fee for a Flynn Downs or a Luke Wolfenden because realistically sell those and we're going to struggle to replace them and sort of get players in to help us this season. And ultimately getting out of this league is our... A, B, C, D, one, two, three, four priority this season. We've we've got to get out of this league, and I think there's a hole in the finances of eight to nine million. What's the point of filling half of that hole and staying in this league by selling sort of two of your, or one of one of your better better players, which both Downs and Wolfden are. They're probably our best midfield and our best defender at the moment. So I'd be devastated to see him go. But to be honest, if, if they do go, it's going to be for a, a massive fee. In reality, you it's going to be that sort of five, six, seven million pound range, isn't it? And I, I don't see anyone coming up with that money for either of them in January because they're not probably good enough to go in anywhere and make the difference in January. So there'll be a, clubs will be thinking, well, 
hold out till the summer and if Ipswich don't go up, then we'll be able to get them for less than what we could get them for in January. So Yeah, January business tends to be panicky, doesn't it, in nature, rather than prospective yeah. investmenting for future players. Mikey, anything, any thoughts on from your perspective on that one? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be amazed if, like, like Joe said, I'd be amazed if somebody came in with a big enough offer to tempt Ipswich into um, getting rid of them. But if, if, if they did get rid of either player... The, the hopes we have got of going up automatically just immediately out of the window. Yeah. Um, so being, I mean, it would be beyond short-sighted because even if you're being short-sighted, it doesn't make sense. Um, but I, yeah, I fully expect to lose probably both of them at the end of the season if we don't go up. Yep. Um, um, we've he said it wouldn't be a busy one, Mikey, but we've already had two links the last couple of days. Um, Jordan Shipley at Coventry, um, who uh, scored against us um, a few weeks back, um, is a central midfielder, can play out wide, but is more familiar in the central role. So I'm not sure whether we're in the market for um, another central midfielder unless someone goes out. Um, and um, uh, one this evening, um, Liam McCallenden, um, who has a short-term deal which I think expires this weekend. He's currently at Halifax and has scored 10 goals in the National League this season, but a lot of EFL sides looking at him. Um, do you think either of these players fit the bill? I, I'm sceptical whether the Shipley deal happens. I know Coventry have got a lot of midfielders as well, but I can't see us spending mm. big money on him. And a, f- a forwards, uh, yeah. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, let's, let's put the Shipley one to one side because I think that's just tittle-tattle. I, I that one doesn't really make any sense to me. Um, and as our Coventry correspondent, you've already pretty much told us that is unlikely to happen. But he is a good player, I gather. Mm. And maybe he's someone that we'd look at uh, if we were to get promoted. Uh, the I have been waiting for a, a lower league target man striker to be linked with us. Like, and he do, like looking at his CV is a little bit of a... Key for more Mark II, it isn't, is, it? isn't it? Yeah, six um, one, which would suggest yeah, not many. That, that was a that was a gamble that, in a, in it in its own unique weird way, did pay off because we ended up making a nice profit on him despite not really playing him. Um, but yeah, six foot one, I'm not sure. But is it? Could you even really be described as a target man in League One at six foot one because the centre backs are generally six foot four and above, aren't they? And he's yeah, Keane's six three, I think. So he's not going to be the tallest mm-hmm. in the squad. Um, Joe, it would be a free transfer. Um, I guess that's the kind of business that we would be looking to do, right? I, there's not going to be big money spent this January by us, is there? No, there, there won't be. If if the if the right deal is there, I'm sure we'll pull the trigger. If 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 there is a deal there which we think will pay dividends in in the future, but. Like I say, these players like this on a decent run of form, a couple of divisions below. Why not? Why not give them a chance at the league? Somebody's going to give them a chance in League One and League Two. I, I obviously haven't watched him. I'm sure there's not many Ipswich fans who have watched many Halifax Town games this year to know how well he's doing. But I say, if he, if, if he does all right, then I'd sort of, I wouldn't be adverse to signing him. But not one that sort of leaps off the page. But I thought Mick McCarthy was still in charge because he's. An Irish youth international, ex Wolves, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, fits the target. But yeah. I suppose if 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 Jordan Roberts is going out, it it might be worth getting him in and just giving him a go in the um, leasing dot com trophy if we're we'll still in be, it. We'll probably be out of it by the time. By the weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, 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 is, is this guy better than Jordan Roberts? I was going to say that's, that's probably the question. question so. Yeah. 
well, I guess we don't know. Yeah, twenty six. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I'm sure there'll be more interesting links and and possibly stories pushed out there by clubs or agents to make things happen as well. So, as always, make sure you've got your uh, fake news radar on um, when you're looking at transfer rumors on Twitter. Um, let's let's move to Wickham, guys, shall we? Um, Pre match, we've already alluded to it. Interesting um, story in the Irish Sun. Um, about the uh, the away pub that was recommended by the um, supporters club on the official Twitter. Um, neither of you guys frequented the White Horse. No. 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 Yeah. Not guilty. I, I I did walk past it. Um, in, interesting looking place. I actually walked past it because um, I was I was with a Wickham fan and we were walking into town um, in the evening and we we walked past it in about a good hour and a half after the game we saw five Ipswich fans stumble out and into a taxi. So they're obviously making the most Happy of their New day. Year. But ridiculous. Did, did the did the club just copy and paste that message from the landlord without reading it through? I'm not sure. It's a, I mean, I know all publicity is good publicity, but now I don't know. Like it, It's not really... There's, a, a, there's, some, there's some great photos in the, in the paper. The photos are yes. brilliant. The guy's yeah. sitting there with the woman climbing over him. <laughs> Sitting yeah. there playing it cool, keeping his hands yeah, on the seat. Yeah, that was respectable. No, no wasn't touching. It? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Of course, he could. He might be one of our listeners. Um, but I hope he is. Yeah. Send us a message. And, a bit of a... Yeah, explain it from your yeah. perspective, or don't. Yeah. Don't need to. <laughs> the fit just to tell all the story. Um, yeah. Wickham's weird, isn't it, guys? I mean, it, there's one massive stand, isn't there? And the rest of them are kind of typical League One. But what an absolute bitch to get in and out of. Um, I arrived just before two o'clock and got to the big roundabout just before the industrial states and had been given a tip off about parking somewhere else and moved away from the official kind of park in the field behind the stand um, club car park and ended up spending half an hour driving around Wickham trying to find a parking space and ended up parking one and a half miles away and having and missing the first five minutes of the game. So I was not best pleased. I definitely joined in with the Wickham's a shit old chant at the end of the match. Um, more on that in a second as well. Um, what was your experience? Hopefully a bit more sedate than mine. You yeah, I got there about quarter past one and parked in one of the like the first car parks on the right as you went in and just had a space right near the exit. But but by the time we got back, we were blocked in because they. Literally I was going to say, to, yeah, so we, we had to wait for there. a car to come to let the whole car park out because they pack the cars in like sardines. There. So luckily, the car at the end of the car park didn't want us to stay and watch the fireworks at the end of the game. Nice and sedate for you then, Mike. You were on the train, weren't you? Well, yeah. For, I mean, uh, no, I wasn't on the train. I I was staying at a mate's in in High Wycombe. Um, but yeah, ironically, I had, um, if you remember, I had real issues parking at the Ipswich Wycombe game at Portman Road. Um, but on this occasion, it was really easy for me because, yeah, we weren't in any rush. We were going out in uh, for a few beers in the town afterwards. Um, but what I will say, that I, there's been a lot of negativity about um, Adams Park. And yeah, it is a complete shambles that there's just one long winding road that leads to the stadium and there's nowhere else to go. Um, and yeah, we, we had to jump. We, we got a taxi from um, town, not the White Horse, um, towards the stadium and then ended up having to walk the last mile ourselves. Um, but that wasn't that wasn't actually too bad. But what I will say is the, the stand itself, really good view and really, really good acoustics. Yep. There was a crack in a way end. If you the, the, the fan zone outside was the fan zone out. outside was quite good, easy to get served in, food quick. 
So no, I, I, did, I did decent day because I, I got in and I got away quickly. I was back in Ipswich at five to seven. So nice. So I, so I got out quite play. well as well. I had a half an hour 70, walk, like 70 but... tops. Seventy all the way. <laughs> <laughs> and no more. Um, yeah, I, I agree. It was a shame that that kind of logistical nightmare soured the day for me at least. Um, maybe not for everyone. Maybe I'm being a little bit arsy about it. A club with kind of bright prospects and you know that the new owners and all that kind of stuff it just felt like that lets them down and you think if they got promoted to the championship let's say the likes of Leeds go down there that I can imagine that being carnage there so um, sort that out Wickham but um, let's get into the the proper stuff two teams um, in pretty lousy form um, even Wickham um, no wins um, only one win since we we faced them in at the end of November and obviously we know our record is pretty lousy um, a 4-1 thrashing on the 29th though to the mighty Coventry City um, before they played us. Um, big news um, was probably more on the bench with Teddy Bishop returning um, and uh, a little cameo for him at the end of the game before a likely appearance at Exeter, I guess. We'll talk about that more. Um, but the end of the 4-4-2, we debated that on the on the previous pods. The, um, no, you were the Gillingham pod, weren't you, at the start, Mike? I'm correcting myself before. I was Lincoln, you were Gillingham. There we go, I've corrected yeah. that about yeah. 20 minutes on. Um <laughs> And and we, and we thought the four four two was um, was iffy anyway. Um, Danassi and his injury um, kind of forced our hand. But a three five two guys um, with Wilson coming in. Um, Emir Hughes, a lesser spotted Emir Hughes after a pretty <coughs> poor performance by all accounts. Peterborough won the leasing dot com trophy is mysteriously suddenly in the in the starting eleven. Um, Joe, what was what was your take on this lineup? Um, I think sort of Danassi's injury forced our hand because we just didn't have a proper right back, and I think. Going in with Garbett as an orthodox left back and Wolfenden presumably as an orthodox right right back was probably going to be a bit of a struggle. So I can see why we went three five two. Personally, I'm not a massive fan of the formation, but I like to get three bodies in the midfield, and I think it probably allowed us to put probably our better players, which were yesterday and have been like Luke Garbett in a in a position that suits him more. You, it allowed us to put Jackson Norwood in a sort of both start it allowed Alan Judge to play in a central role where he could get on the ball and do a bit more so it's sort of it's it was probably the best out of the personnel we had there it probably suited us best um Mikey um Alan Judge had been starting on the left hand side in a 4-4-2 we'd criticized it certainly on the Lincoln show I don't know whether you and I can't remember whether you and Dave mentioned it as well um but mm. probably the position that he wants to be playing in um, and for us, less of a risk, obviously, with him not having a wide position and having to do some, some defensive work. Were you pleased to see him in that kind of number 10 role as well? Yeah, very much so. And you could see almost from the word go that he just seemed so much more up for it. And he was his usual self just demanding the ball at all times. But it was more often in the final third. And you you, you do sometimes see when that when there's like a pass that's maybe slightly over hit or comes at waist height, he's so good at getting that sort of ball under control. Mm. And his final ball can be frustrating, but I thought uh, at Adams Park, he was he was really on it from the word go. And, and I thought uh, Emmy Hughes is much more suited to playing in a three as well, like current Emmy Hughes, that is anyway. Um, I felt maybe Downs didn't get to go forward as much as you'd maybe like um it maybe hindered him slightly not that he had a bad game but but he maybe wasn't on the ball as much as he'd have hoped um but yeah it it was the logical lineup and yeah who knows we might stick with it next time we next time we're in league action 
Uh, Norris came up, came into criticism, certainly in the Lincoln game. It was mixed reviews on the Gillingham one. I think he was a man of the match and had statistically mm-hmm. had done all right. And then I, I, I don't particularly remember him having a good game. I remember him certainly passing the ball to straight to, to Mandron, I think it was, in the Gillingham game. Yeah. Um, I think there was a little bit of surprise that he started in goal. More on him, obviously, later on as well. Um, but I guess good consistency, which is what we've asked, been asking of Lambert of late mm. um, to keep mm. him in the team. Let's get and, in. Oh, and go on, Norris, Norris was very consistent to his uh, previous performance as well, but we'll get to that, won't we? <laughs> um, Wickham quickly, 4-3-3 for them as always. Um, also up in goal. Um, Jacobson left back. Ja- uh, Charles comes back into the centre along, alongside Anthony Stewart. Giles Phillips, the other full-back. Midfield three of Freeman, Offerbore and ex-Ipswich. Um, youth player Matt Bloomfield, um, it's Smith, Samuel and Wheeler up front. The beast, Akin of Fenoir, uh, was on the bench. Um, let's get into the action, guys. Six minutes. Um, there's a bit of a, this is the start of a minute of frenetic end-to-end action, um, which really should have seen Wickham take the lead. Um, off the board is with a big punt down the field. It's Chambers and Samuel who are tussling for the ball. Um, Chambers gets his head to the ball, but uh, Samuel gets wrong side of him and manages to catch onto the bottom of the ball, volleys it across, the, I think it's been basically three yards out, right in front of the face of goal. It's Paul Smith there who completely misses the target with the goal gaping, and that was, that was a massive miss, wasn't it, guys? Who, who, do you guys, where were you positioned, right side of the goal? Anyone have a good look at that one? Yeah, I, I was on the right side of the goal, so... But the ball does just flash across, and it bobbles into him, so... You'd he goes with his right foot, Joe, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't as he like. It, it's one of those ones that it looks a dreadful miss, but I, I think had he finished, it'd been a decent finish to score from there because mm. it was. Yeah. It wasn't. It was an awkward chance. It wasn't as easy as it looked. Maybe. He saw it late, and my my initial reaction um, was was what you just described, Joe. That it it was maybe one that was a little bit harder than it harder than it seemed but then and then when i watched it on uh on the telly and the highlights like it looks much much worse from behind but yeah from behind the goal i was right in the middle um i was fully expecting him to score but he must have seen the ball really late because he just went went with the wrong foot didn't he you guys are giving him the benefit of i'm calling that a sitter um it is a sitter um, but the next attack, um, Garber is playing in Jackson down the left-hand side. He beats Stewart um, for pace, rushing into the areas. He gets, gets a low cross that kind of avoids Norwood narrowly, but falls to Edwards, who is dashing in from the right-hand side. Um, hits a low shot, and it's Darius Charles. He kind of sticks a, a heel to clear that off the line. That was a good opportunity there, guys, wasn't it? That was. Um, um, I thought it hit the post from the away end. It it's a difficult like. yeah, to I, tell. I yeah. thought that as well, yeah. Ob- obstacle mm. illusion. Um, yeah, I thought it had hit the post, but then we got a corner from it, didn't we? But I thought Edwards was a lot more um, effective uh, in the attacking sense uh, yesterday. Just seemed to just his touch was just there, and his crosses into the box were actually quite good as well. I thought Jackson was quite busy as well. He, at yeah, times, he lively. kind of galloped across the pitch to need to pick up things and get on the end of mm. 50-50s. I think certainly he, he figured out his, his mark was not as quick as a few moments where <laughs> he outpaced him. Um, tenth minute, um, Jacobson curls in a free kick just wide of the post. I'm not sure. Joe, this is your side of the goal again. I'm not yeah. sure whether Norris has this covered. It goes wide. It's, I'm not sure uh, he's... I think it's quite... I, think, I thought it was quite well wide and Norris seems yeah. to put his arms back from it. He seemed to leave it rather than worry about it. He didn't look worried. Fair dues. Um, 12 minutes. Nord is played in down the left-hand side. I think it's I think it's a miscue from a Charles clearance. Um, and Nord takes an early shot. It's high, wide. 
um, and into the stand behind the goal. Um, 37 minutes. This is a really good chance for Alan Judge, actually. And it's a header. It's Garber who tricks his way to the byline, sends in a floaty cross back over the penalty spot, and Judge um, loops the header kind of back across the goalkeeper and also has to stretch and make a good save. That was a good chance. It was a nice um, header, that, wasn't it, Mikey, from, from Judge? Not one you'd expect, yeah. I guess, from a player of that stature? No, no. It, it, it was sort of reminiscent of... Uh that Daryl Murphy header away at Bournemouth a few years ago where he's like really like used his neck muscles to loop it. And uh, yeah, the goalkeeper, it was maybe a bit of a camera save, but Judge did everything right there, really. It was a really good bit of improvisation. Mm. And, uh, and that's half-time in terms of, of chances. Um, I guess a, th a few things to mention. Is, um, we've talked about Chambers and Samuel kind of clashing in the first sort of five, ten minutes or so. Um, Chambers and Wilson have to swap, actually. Samuel is quite a, th a pest at the start of the Good. match. Yeah. And they swapped yeah, was, around. I was really, really impressed with Samuel um, yesterday. And yeah. so Wilson, to be fair to him, um, kind of quieted him down. He kind of disappeared a little bit out of the game. He's, he's going to have a moment in the second half, but that kind of switch did well. Chambers, probably a little bit um, I'm not sure. Lacking in confidence is probably how I would describe it. Um, but generally, it was a, a fairly decent first half, albeit lacking in quality, maybe. Joe, your your thoughts at halftime? Yeah, no, I thought I thought we just about had the better of the first half. We had, without really creating enough. I thought we, I thought we just about edged it. Mikey. Yeah, I th thought it was a really enjoyable game of football. It was good League One football, so it's not. <laughs> aesthetically pleasing but it's it's quite fun to watch yeah um and yeah we i don't know that the atmosphere was different to what i was expecting the fact like our fans were really behind the team um and the players just seemed to be bouncing back really well from the link in the feet yeah yep good shout um let's go into the second half then and, and this is a really great chance that judge creates for himself he kind of dinks his way through two Wickham defenders and is in one-on-one -on -one, uh, with Allsop. Um, again, I'm going to be critical. I think he powers it straight at the keeper. And actually, maybe if he tries a bit of a dink or maybe he plays it underneath the keeper and into the corner, he might have, he might score this. Um, but did really well to create the chance, didn't he, Joe? It was a good effort, that. Yeah, they didn't really look anything on, but he just managed to sort of take a touch at a funny angle and sort of power through. I was, it looked like the keeper should come out from where we were. He seemed sort of stuck on his line, but then... Obviously made a good save from it, but I say Judge is one of those ones that you'd, you'd hope he'd score from. But hard to really criticise too much. Um, is that the one that Norwood got a strike off? Yeah, there's the a Norwood rebound there. No, that's, I think. Ne that's the next one. Um, was it? Okay, that's yeah, a a, chance, there is yeah. a Norwood rebound on on this one as well. But 52 minutes, um, Garbutt's cross kind of it's a similar situation to the um, Samuel cross in the first half it kind of it's further out clearly um, past this through a load of bodies and it's Norwood sliding in at the far post and I'm not sure whether he I'm guessing he gets a touch because it's a goal kick um, but that was kind of a good cross from Garber who had a good game as well and he's going to get right in the action in the 54th minute Mikey um, talk us through this do you remember the the reason for the uh, foul in the in the build-up I, I can't I was trying to struggle to remember this I, I do. No, is it Jackson it fouled on the left, card. It? Basically, Jackson was there, and he sort of got ahead of that Stewart again for the umpteenth time, and Stewart just holds him and kicks out at him. And I was because I was moaning, I sort of missed the free kick because I was moaning to my mate that that should be a booking because he knows that Jackson's away from him, and all he's doing is just cynically holding him up and fouling him. And he sort of gets away with it for not being a booking because it's because he doesn't seem to really be going anywhere, but it was a real cynical, just hold him, not let him pass and kick him effectively. But he's going to get punished for it, Mikey. 
He does, yeah, and it's it's really really intelligent play from both Judge Garber and and Norwood as well because. From the Wickham standpoint, they'd be really annoyed because this free kick was right out on the touchline. And one of the basics of football is you just try and get men in front of the balls to stop stop the opposition from taking a quick one. But Alan Judge has got the ball in his hands, which makes the opposition think they're taking their time over this. The ball's in his hands. They're not going to take a quick one. But then Judge sees the opportunity. I don't know whether it was something that was planned or whether it was just an idea that popped into his head. And what is... Very impressive about what Garbert did. When you're taking a quick one, he hasn't had time to really set himself properly. So it's more like an open play cross. But he just whips it into absolute perfection. Perfect pace, perfect height, perfect direction. And Norwood does what he's good at, which is smart runs in the six, in and around the six-yard box. And he is he's very good at heading the ball towards goal, I think, in the... Um, yeah, from about eight yards inwards. If he, as long as he doesn't have to get up above a defender he seems to be very good at directing the ball with his head um yeah really impressive bit of play and yeah the players really uh, <laughs> maybe really making a point of coming over to the away fans and celebrating it was a yeah after it was a nice moment but it did make me wonder goal. whether it was a, a little bit contrived uh after <laughs> chambers's comments the other day about not celebrating but Indeed. they certainly celebrated on this occasion joe dare i say the words trent alexander arnold to you you can, but it's more of a Kane Vincent Young on the other side, isn't it? Oh, remind us of that one. I'm trying to remember. No, I just mean just in general his his play. Oh, okay. Like I meant like the instinctive nature yeah. of the set piece, but oh, what the corner taking quickly, Origi. Yeah, yeah exactly one. right. Yeah. But, no, no, I thought it was really good. Great, great delivery. Like perfect delivery from Garber, who's really impressing at the moment. And deserved, I think, on the balance of play. Um, Norwood yeah, started the second half really strong, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, Norwood is kind of stays down and looks uncomfortable for a while. He he's got sock ties that he rips off, and he does the kind of substitution sign to the bench, but he actually stays on. I he, think the sign was actually tape because he did that. Oh, and then he did. I thought he did that. So, I think yeah, because I thought that first one. Um, but I yeah, no like issues there gamesmanship and and we'd spent a good half a minute to a minute after that goal as well um wasting some time so some good shithousery from Ipswich having had that done to us quite a few times in the last few weeks um but 65 minutes this is kind of the game changer for Wickham who really you know as we come to expect now are a little bit more direct and if you're going to go direct you may as well bring on Akinfenwa um 65 minutes he comes on for Smith and one minute later Joe um he's going to cause a bit of panic in our penalty here isn't he is this the goal? Is this it? is the goal? It's a minute okay, later. Yeah, he, yeah. he'd won it one before, but basically, as soon as he's on, their keeper, like his kicking, is unbelievably accurate. It was in the home tie and in the warm-up. He just puts the ball they were exactly where chatting to each other. Akinfenor and the keeper, they were. And he, he was kind of directing him, wasn't he? It was quite interesting. He'd been on. He'd been on two minutes, and the first header straight land straight on his head. This one comes through again straight on his head. He's got two men round him, flicks it on, and then it's a sort of calamity from there. You've got. Wheeler gets in. There's, he's got four defenders around him, three, four defenders around him. Chambers lets him get off his shoulder too easily, in my opinion. And then Norris just comes flying out and is in absolutely no man's land. And the ball gets lifted over him. And if Norris doesn't come out, we don't... Well, we've, we're very unlikely to concede if Norris doesn't come out there because it's going to take something special to beat the keeper when you've got three men around you. But Norris made that far too easy. And sort of the Lincoln goal... Like I say, the Lincoln goal was a brilliant finish from Walker and 
you come out flying like that and nine times out of ten that ball isn't going to land in the exact spot it needs to to not bounce over the bar this one was easy really wasn't it he only had to lift it over him which he did and all that hard work goes out the window and all of a sudden we're on the back foot what, what I don't want to put you under pressure Joe I'll ask the same question Mikey as well you know two of these goals admittedly you're right the percentages of the Lincoln goal are a lot less than this one this is this was more costly because of the outcome of the game um, is this enough to cause Holy to come in a lot of people calling for it with questions about it are you, are you thinking that Norris stays in um, and learns his lesson or Holly comes in personally I'd I, I haven't seen enough from Norris to say that he's any better than Holly. I'm not saying Holly's streets ahead of him. I, I don't think there's a huge amount in it, but Holly is our player. He's got a two-year contract. He should be the one being persisted with at the moment because he hasn't really made a mistake. In, mm. He hasn't made a mistake that's led to a goal. And he, he was brought in for the Wickham home game because they played quite direct football. He came in for that game, really helped us mopping up balls, coming out, s- saved a penalty at the end of it, and then sort of was back out the side. And I think... We're playing Wickham again, and I don't know. It, are we rotating the keepers or are we not? I, I, I don't really get what's going on there because we changed them um, eight times in ten games. Then Norris has played three, but I, I just I just don't see what Holly has has done wrong to not be the number one. He hasn't given up his shirt, in my opinion. Mikey, mm. do you agree with that? Yeah, it's it's puzzling, and I I I, I imagine that maybe because of the discussion with the players where they're saying we need to stop chopping and changing and making all these changes maybe Lambert listened and yeah decided that it wasn't the right time to bring the goalkeeper back in but problem with Norris is he's I think he's like a fairly good all-round goalkeeper he doesn't have like a massive blind spot but he doesn't command the area he's he's good at uh He's good at catching the catching crosses if if he actually does come for them, but he he never comes off his line. So every cross that comes into the box, you're putting pressure on the defenders because they know they're going to have to deal with it every time. And then he just it seems to like flying off his line when when it isn't a cross. Like mm. when I think he's very keen to sort of come out and mop up, and yeah, he's just got too badly wrong. And you'd have thought that. After what happened at Lincoln, he would have he would have just played a lot safer, yeah. rather than come come flying well, so out you, like he did. In in the Gillingham game before that, he passes the ball straight to their striker as well at, mm. in the game, and he he doesn't get punished for it. And I so I'm not particularly anti Will Norris. I don't think there's a huge amount in it, but the benefit of the doubt should be going to the player that's contracted past the end of the season. And I know people are saying. Or well, apparently Wolves might have said something. Well, if Wolves are saying he's not playing enough, I want to take him back, then he goes back and we sign somebody else on loan. There's plenty of other keepers mm-hmm. out there and prospected well in his um, sort of game in the EFL Trophy and he might get another game this weekend. But I just, I'm not worried. If, if Wolves get him back because he's not playing enough, well, he's not good enough to get in the team. So let him go back and yep. thanks for thanks for your time. And I'd say he seems a good guy. He's obviously... A, Good keeper. He's our best mate so. now, isn't he, Joe? Yes. Oh, yeah. I forgot yeah. we met him. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's. Um, let's. There's not a huge amount of action after the, after this. To be honest, a few sights for um, for both teams. Really, the big chance here, though. Seventy minutes. Jackson does well. He kind of spins under a challenge or a, or a foul. Um, gets to the edge of the area. Kind of sends in a, a speculative low cross, which is cleared to the edge of the area where Alan Judge is kind of running on. And he sides foot this back across goal again. Where Alsop makes a probably a camera save 
um, again, Mikey and 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 palms this away. But to me, this is he's got the whole goal, goal to aim at. I know there's there's bodies mm. in the area, but he's got a clear sight for goal for me. Yeah, and maybe he could have positioned it better. What's, what yeah, especially when you see the warm up yeah. and in the warm up he's they're having that exact yeah. chance oh. all game and he's banging it in the corner every time. And mm. this is a different one because compared to the earlier chance. At the ground, that looked an easy chance that he should have scored. But when I watched it back on TV, the ball sort of comes into him. And it's quite sort of in his feet. And so it looks harder to open up from when I watched it back on TV. So maybe the benefit yeah. is out there. But yeah, I, they, I, I think it these was, all game. Yeah, you did, yeah I've, I've noticed it before, uh, Joe, that when they're um, doing their shooting practice before the games, Alan Judge's shooting is absolutely fantastic. Um, but yeah, this one was a, was a tricky one because um, it did come sort of straight at him. And I did think maybe he could have gone for a bit more power and then the ball naturally would have drifted a little bit wider of the goalkeeper. But I think he's a player that's not particularly high on confidence when it comes to shooting and at the moment anyway. And he's just tried to hit the target, which, I mean, if it goes under the goalkeeper, you'd have said, yeah, well done for hitting the target. But And maybe a couple of weeks ago, that chance falls to someone and they take a touch and play a pass mm. and the chance goes what, away if that if that chance fell to a Tommy Miller or a Matt Holland or the, obviously John Walk if you're going further back that the ball is probably going in the back of the net isn't it even yeah. if it isn't an easy one yeah um, 75 back in Fenwa um, as a site he's pretty much unmarked I think a far post when Jacobson sends a free kick in but heads wide 79 Keane comes on for Norwood Norwood's um, got his goal he's, he's taken it really well um, I wouldn't say again it was a great whole whole match performance for him. It's eighty minute performance, um, but Mikey, were you were you more impressed with him than you had been in previous matches? You kind of had a bit of a uh, Joe's nodding, shaking. We will go to Joe in a second, but yeah, you also thought it was Mikey. Well, well, he scored, didn't he? And that's that's what he's there to do. But um, you look at Samuel's performance for Wickham, and most of the hustling and bustling that he's doing is stuff that Norwood can do, and he has done before. And that Samuel's obviously a, a striker that's on form, and Norwood, even though he's still scoring the odd goal, which is promising, he's just not doing that side of the game particularly well at the moment, and he he gets frustrated, and he's maybe too busy concentrating on the dark arts rather than just getting his body into the right position like Samuel does. Like you see Norwood smashing into players when the ball's up in the air, trying to get a bit of an advantage, and it doesn't really seem to work for him. And I think the constant berating of officials works against him he needs to be a, he needs to be smarter than that he needs to maybe get, try and get the the ref and the linesman on side rather than having a go at them joe is jackson uh, was busy yesterday we've mentioned that already I, I, norwood wasn't as busy i think it's a better no. performance than of late but he's still not really adding much to the team is he he needs no, to I, score I to bring something to he was poor i am um, I, I actually tweeted at half time that he's been offering nothing today and he's effectively sort of causing us more problems than them with his constant fouling and moaning and whinging. But I, I tweeted that half time, but then it obviously didn't go through. So I got home and then the tweet went through and then all of a sudden people were saying he offered nothing. He scored a goal. So, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, that was a half time, but um, no, I, I just don't, I just don't think he's doing enough at the moment. He, he isn't involved in the game at all, really. And when the ball goes through, his touch is poor. It isn't sticking. He's not holding the ball up and like full credit to him for his goal. That was a really good run really well taken goal and sort of well anticipated so wouldn't take anything away from that but Jackson is far outshining him at the two strikes at the moment everything is going through Jackson he's stretching teams he's getting in behind he's creating chances he's has 
he's deserved the goal for his performances of late, but he is the like if we were to lose one strike at the moment, I wouldn't want it to be Jackson because I think he is our sort of main man up front. So he's come a long way in the last sort of two, three months and he's really starting to look something. Yep. Um, and can I just say, Rich, I don't know whether the, you, there's anything left to talk about in this game. Is there you, one thing? Is there one more? Okay, I'll, I'll let you do it then and then I'll go I've not it. got much about it. If you're going to tell me about an overhead okay, kick... I, I was just going to talk about Will Keane. Oh, sure. Um, I... He, I think he went up for three headers when he came on against centre-backs and he won every single one of them, which was remarkable. And he wa- and he looked confident going up for them as well. So I don't know whether maybe mentally he's turned a corner there. because Took, a good, a big, took his goal really well at Lincoln, didn't he? He can, he, can, he can head the ball. He just needs to time his jumps and everything. And he could be... A, he could be a, I mean, if, if he could win headers against opposition centre-backs... More often, he'd probably be straight in the light, straight in the team, wouldn't he? Because he's mm. he's good facing the goal. Have we seen Keenan Jackson at all yet? Not, we haven't really, have in we? A three. He, yeah, not Keen a two is, though. Keane's clever with the ball at his feet, and that that would suit Jackson as well. Obviously, holds it up he as works well. quite hard. Yeah, he holds the ball just holds isn't it up well. Norwood at all at the moment. No, no. Not but well. uh, he scored though, didn't he? So he's he's not gonna he's not gonna drop out. Drop out of the line. I would be surprised if he did anyway. No, for the for the next league game. But yeah, it'd be good to see Keane kind of add more to his game. And certainly, you know, he's he's still coming back from injury as well. Um, but he's getting there now and adding goals as well. That's good. Um, eighty-five minutes is the kind of last bit of significant action, and we've mentioned him throughout. Um, is Samuel who um is attempting an audacious overhead <coughs> kick? Um, is the word I've you'd use with an overhead kick. Um, I mean, this could go anywhere, right? And fortunately for us, it flies wide of the goal, but it's well struck. Um, would have been um, a good winning goal, potentially. Um, but fortunately for us, probably fairly um, misses the goal. That's the last of the match action. We've mentioned Teddy Bishop. He comes on the 88th minute, gets a few minutes. Um, for Alan Judge, to me, the substitution is for Alan Judge is 10 minutes too late. Judge, to me, looked knackered. He'd worked really yeah. hard, hadn't he? And I was kind of waiting for Lambert to spare him from getting cramp or something but um bishop mm. comes on and that's that's the match guys um certainly a better performance than what we'd seen at um against gillingham um portsmouth um lincoln it's not a win but it's a it's a stepping stone performance hopefully um at the start of the year mikey joe um joe let me come to you first you your overriding thoughts going walking back to the car to sit in a traffic jam after this one no it's just better. It wasn't. It wasn't perfect. I think a few players still. Let's say you look. For, you look through the team. Norris has made the mistake for the goal. I don't think Chambers had his best game by a long way. Wolfenden wasn't as good on the ball. Edward struggles defensively. Downs was a little bit anonymous. Hughes sort of drifted out of the game quite badly. Norwood struggled. But yeah, even despite all that, I'd still say it's a better performance, which shows the base which we're coming from and how far we can, how far even using that team it can go. So, I'm. I say I'm hoping that this leads to a bit of consistency. I'm hoping the chat after the Lincoln game leads to some consistency in both sort of selection, formation that we've got. We've now got sort of potentially nine days on the training pitch before the Accrington game, depending on what sort of team we send to Exeter. So I think we need to. I'm hoping the comments from the players are along the lines of we need some stability. Rotation isn't working for us because I know sort of privately they are that is what they're saying because i've heard that from sort of a few people now so that is something that just the players do not like and changing formations every week it's, it's hard it's hard i know these are professional footballers but someone like luke chambers has been center of a three right of a two 
right of a three, left of a three, left of a two. And you're changing it every single game. And I know these sound like small changes, but playing left of a two to right of a three defensively is a massive change and it really changes your game. And Edwards is playing all over and sometimes needs must with regards to injuries and who's available. But asking players to play all these different roles and in different systems is is too difficult for and they're in league one for a reason they're not a, they're not world-class players that can just drop in like come through the Ajax academy where they play right back one week left wing the next center forward the next center back these, these aren't these players they these are basic league one players and they need to be treated as such and hopefully that's where we go because this league is dross and if we play well we, we will go ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mikey, a couple of bits for you. Um, firstly, thoughts on Wickham. Yeah, they're still top of the league. Um, we've seen them twice. I haven't been overly impressed with them. Um, Emir Hughes came in um, my, my performance on Twitter I thought he was fine um, and yep. um, yeah give us your thoughts on those two bits fine um. uh, so yeah so on Emir Hughes to to begin with he he's still not the player that he was a few years ago um, but I thought considering he hadn't played for a while he came in and he did play he played fairly well he's just he's not the player that he that he once was like you, you rarely see him like bursting into the box and from about from about 70 minutes he's he's absolutely goose to use a Mick McCarthyism he, you can see it in his face that he's absolutely knackered and that would have like he sh- he should have been taken off um probably on the 70 minute mark and obviously judge came off as well um but I felt like both of those could have been could have been changed but what Hughes does offer even if he isn't at his best his physicality in the middle of the park, like he wins so many headers, he wins tackles, he's relaxed on the ball, um, he's not scared of a tackle. He he does bring something to the party, and arguably a more consistent. He's bringing more consistency um, 
despite not being at his best, than Andre Dezel is. And mm-hmm. I think it was maybe a choice between the two of them. Dezel, obviously, his ceiling's higher than Emma Hughes' at the moment. We've seen some nice touches and good passes, but the bare minimum you get from Emma Hughes is the physicality, and you and you get none of that at all with Andre Dezel in the team. Obviously, that's not that's not really his game. Uh, but yeah, on, on Wickham, they obviously saw Ipswich. I think both games they saw it as a massive game, and they maybe gave us a little bit too much respect. Um, but what they have got, they've got... Um, I mean, Akin Fenwa is that's arguably their plan A. Um, and then they've got the plan B of getting men around Samuel, who's a nippy player. And they've got some quite skillful players. They were missing their best player yesterday. I think he's called Gabe or Dominic. It's a short. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's their best midfielder. They were missing him uh, yesterday. And when they came to Portman Road, they were just desperate to get a point. So they've clearly got a good manager. Um, they've lost a bit of momentum, but yeah, I think they'll be happy after that 1-1 draw. Um, Probably better than 90% the... of the team. Um, yeah, teams exactly. In the they're, they're so organised and their centre-backs, are, they've got a little bit more about them. They've, they've got the physicality of the League One centre-backs, but they've got a little bit more about them on the ball. Um, and yeah, they do play long balls, but like Joe mentioned, the goalkeeper, he's got very accurate kicking. So they're playing long ball, but very, very effectively. Mm. Um and but it's not long ball all the time. Um, they're a decent, decent side, and yeah, lovely firework display afterwards as well. Yeah, though I will mention this: if your owners go on the pitch with a microphone, that's a bad sign. Oh. Don't have yeah. that. Um, and that, and we talked about the one road in to Adams Park. There was one exit out of the stadium for us as well. So you clog up the eighteen hundred away fans, um, and then start a speech and bloody fireworks you should expect the reaction that you got from the Ipswich fans, which I thought was quite amusing. So um, that's yeah, the lesson to be learned from the Wickham yeah. perspective. What, what, I liked, what I liked about it was, and I'm conscious that we're, 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 we've already been t- chatting now for over 45 minutes, we haven't even got to any questions, but <laughs> I liked how he, start, he started um, by saying, I'm not going to do a speech, and then proceeded to do yeah. <laughs> like a good like six-minute speech, despite all the heckling, that ended with a... Let's count down to one because one is where we are in the league, baby. <laughs> yeah, just absolutely, uh, just so American, wasn't it? Um, let's do some questions, Mike. Do you yeah. think Wickham will Go stay on. in the top six? I, th- I think they might drop out of it. I think they're running out of gas already. They have got some players who are carrying injuries as well. Mm. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure they'll stick around in the top six either. Um, but as I say, probably if they get some form back, they're better than most teams in the division. It's just. We'll talk about the. We'll do the roundup in a bit. I'll probably I'll dump player stats right, Mikey, to buy us back some time because it's not a good one. Um, let's let's do some questions. Okay. Mouth mouth eleven. Let's start with the Lambert ones. Um, has any other manager in the history of football ever got themselves a new contract after ten games without a win? Only at Ipswich. Hey, Mikey. Um, I'm just going to add some stuff into this. Morris Cloud, rotation does not seem to apply to managers. If this does not work out, it'll be expensive. Was anyone after Lambert? dealt it so was emmy worried about a fit of peak um one more um nick r24 is all this negativity or towards certain players and the manager self perpetuating behavior caused by a deep-seated lack of trust and patience following 10 years of football obscurity i think it's more than that isn't it what role does the negativity play in uniting the fan base and moving us towards success so there's kind of three bits there i mean we've talked i think about the the message that awarding this deal does and the timing so i think we've covered that um and um 
I'm not sure anyone else. We've talked about Sunderland asking about Lambert before, but what what message does this send, Mikey? Is this a positive move towards um, stability, or is this more kind of evidence that we still don't really know what we're doing off the field and we think we're doing the right things? Um, and maybe it's more about uni- uniting the fan base um, and yeah, well, stopping well, the chat about yeah, Lambert. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to talk about the what Lambert has done well, you've the first thing you look at is the fact that he's got bums on seats one way or another. The attendances are up. The away attendances are up as well. Um, I don't know whether Marcus Evans has been made giddy by this, whether the increase in attendances and whether he thinks it's going to keep going because of Lambert. Um, or what it also may be like this, this deal, it seems to show that Lambert is kind of calling the shots a little bit because just, he threw his in, toys out of the pram before David's, and got Kane Vincent Young. And now just he's quickly, Mikey, sorry. His, okay. David Strang asks, Lambert's new contract makes him the most powerful man at the club. Are we in danger of becoming a cult of personality? I just felt like you were going towards that route. Yeah, well, yeah, perhaps we are because it seems like whenever Lambert gets angry about something, he gets what he wants. He's uh, almost like a spoiled, spoiled child, isn't he? That's, mm. If if whatever he wants, he he seems to get. This this may turn out to be an absolute masterstroke. You don't know the the stability that that he could bring, and maybe that will bring the best out of him as a manager. Maybe this Lincoln debacle. I mean, it's it in the short term. It looks like there's been a positive reaction after that. Maybe maybe it'll all turn out great, and in May we'll be saying, well, that five year deal. We we, we were all so upset about it, and it's turned out fine, but. Yeah, it could be a, a very expensive mistake. Hmm. And I think there's still some deep-seated mistrust or um, lack of understanding yeah, of Leo Neal's role and Marcus Evans' role and yeah. what happens behind the scenes. It's just it's just strange. Even if we were flying at the top of the league, I think the length of the contract would have surprised me. Hmm. If we were in Wickham's position yesterday, five points clear or whatever, I still think I'd have been amazed had that come out with that contract four years. So it just seems so unnecessary. It just But... Like I say, I think the the one thing it does do is it removes that question of is Lambert going to go or not? If he doesn't turn this run round, is he going to go or not? Because we basically said he is, like, I know five years is ridiculous, but he's going to be with us at the start of next season, isn't he, bar an absolute disaster. But mm-hmm. one, like I said, my favourite message on it was from one of my friends who said that we should send Lambert's agent to do the Brexit negotiations. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's let's talk about other things, shall we? Andy Roberts. Um, now we've only league and leasing.com trophy games left. Christmas out of the way. Um, surely no no longer need to chop and change. Surely now the time to pick the best eleven, unless we get injuries or bad form. Um, we talk about extra bit, Joe. Um, but I think we're all agreed. No more rotation needed. And do you keep playing the same eleven? Is is the excuses about Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday now need now relevant? I I, I don't mind a couple of changes to the eleven. I think where we're falling down is just the chopping and changing of systems so frequently that but ultimately, if, if we're playing 4-4-2, for example, I, I personally prefer 4-3-3, but if we're playing 4-4-2, if we played Chambers and Wolfden 
on the Saturday and we've got a Tuesday game, well then, yeah, by all means, rotate one of them out of it and, and give another player a chance. But it's when players are coming into totally different roles and totally different systems. That it, and as we, we'd seen in the previous games, it's taken us half an hour to sort of work out where we are. We want the players to come in flying. And if, and if a change is being made, we want it to have been worked on on the training pitch. So from minute one, we're at it. But I'm, I'm not adverse to using the squad and making two or three changes a game and just to keep it fresh. But we've got to come on some, with some stability. Yep. Um, ITFC Mark asks, Mikey, is it better to stay in League One than going up, losing every game and coming straight back down again? Yeah, you, you often hear fans of mid-table Premier League clubs saying uh, when they've been in there like three or four years, they said they're relieved to come back down to the Championship and be competing and winning games again. But and then I it gets to the end of September. Yeah, I don't get as excited um, when we win games in League One as I did when we we're in the Championship. Um, I just think if 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 you offered me a, a second year in League One and guaranteed we'd be going for promotion again, rather than <clears throat> coming straight back down again because we don't have a clear pattern of play, I probably take it. But there's just because we're Ipswich and we're quite a big club doesn't mean that because we it wasn't that long ago that we were in the Championship and we were saying, oh look how far we've fallen. So who's to say that, that wouldn't happen in League One as well? Lose a couple of our best young players. Uh, the negative atmosphere coming back, the, the attendances would drop and it would just be just as negative as it was the last year in the championship, but it would be a, a league lower. And then we'd start, then we'd inevitably have to start worrying about the future of the football club as well. Mm. well we talked about Downs and Wolford and if we stay down there, definitely off, aren't they? So yeah. I think we, get out uh, of it. We haven't won a game for two months anyway, so it's not like we're winning every week in League One, is it? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, some questions about the January window, Joe. Um, Jason, um, would you agree the need, um, um, possible um, defensive signing to a bit of organisation? He suggests some a Mowbray type, um, not being a good run of games for Chambers. Um, and similar, well, Paul Westlake suggests as well, um, I can't see a better signing um, for us in this window than securing Garbutt, um, different class, he says against Wickham. Um, Leo Neal seemed to downplay our, like, our chances of getting him in this window from Everton um, but defensive signings would you be looking at that yourself after yesterday well, if, we, if we're going to persist with three at the back then we need another centre back because you can't play three at the back and only have four centre backs in the squad especially when one of them is massively massively out of form and realistically can't be trusted to start and finish a game so if we are going to stick with three at the back there's a sort of New Zealand international kicking about that would do a good job for us mm-hmm. on the left yeah, good shout. Um, and he can dominate in the air, can't he? And in, in both boxes, he'll is a threat and yeah. is left-footed, which would allow Wolfenden to play on the right where he can actually carry the ball because Wolfenden's distribution yesterday was pretty patchy and a lot of that is because he's every time he's getting the ball, he's having to come inside because he's on the wrong on his wrong foot. When he's played on the right, he, he's looked real, real quality there. So if we could sign a good left-footed centre-half and get them there, I'd be really happy with that um, both Brad Archer and Dave Gore on the questions as well both say um, raise questions about our defensive um, qualities um, Dave says about an old-fashioned centre-back also mentions the pitches yesterday's pitch looked a little bit heavy and he was wondering whether that's something 
we're struggling to deal with. Um, well, they're only going to get worse from now on. Well, exactly right, yeah. Mm. Um, at least it's not pissing down rain constantly at the moment as well. Um, Brad Archer flags that, um, given the quality we've got, um, maybe we need to tune up some of our defensive um, stuff, such as defending corners and free kicks, perhaps sticking a man in front of Akinfenwa, as he says. Um, your thoughts, Jen and Mikey, on... Defensively, we've kind of looked a little bit off, haven't we? Lincoln game exposed a lot. Clearly a clean sheet against Gillingham. Um, yeah, we've talked about the signings, but what's your take on the organisation? The three at the back versus the four at the back. What, do we need to work harder than that? Yeah, perhaps. And it, it there's maybe been a bit slight loss of form with Chambers and maybe to a certain degree Wilson as well, although he's more just a head it and kick it sort of defender. Um yeah, I mean Garbert isn't is he really a proper defender? He's not he's not really for me. Guion Edwards has been playing in quite a deep role and although he wasn't as rash at Wickham, we know that the, the lad can't tackle, bless him. He's how many times have been booked now? Nine times I think. Um and just the constant chopping and changing and the and the different midfield as well, because midfielders are all trying to do different things. It it's it's not easy and yeah, the defending hasn't hasn't been great, but the Lincoln side, the Lincoln game aside, it's not like we've been shipping goals left, right, and centre. And they looked, although Wickham did create a couple of decent chances, they were they were a lot more solid uh, yesterday. We still rely um, on teams missing yes. their chances, though, don't we, Mike? You know, that, we saw that Paul Smith yeah, chance. Yeah, we do. Um, yeah. So maybe not all that. Maybe that's a consequence of League One. You know, that's the level we're at. Yeah. Mullet, um, we've got a couple more. Um, obviously. Lots of questions. Thank you to everyone who sent them in. A lot of them of a similar theme that I think we've dealt with, so apologies if I've not you read, read your one out. Um, Mullet asked, how effective would we be this season, Joe, if we made substitutions which changed games and sometimes results too? It's a, it's a strange one because we make our substitutions so late, don't we? Normally around sort of the 80th minute or beyond. Yeah. And, and, and unless say, we're losing. we When we're losing, we'll make them early. But if it's if if it's, if we're winning by one or or we're nil-nil, he won't make a change. And the players aren't even warming up on no. the substitutes, are they? And it's such a such a sea change from when he was at the Norwich manager, where they used to, it felt like 20, 25 minutes ago, they would chuck on strikers and try and win every game. And sometimes you'd win, sometimes you'd lose. But with them, more often than not, they were winning. But he seems to have lost that edge, that sort of his mojo or his bottle in trying to win games, which we're drawing. He sort of seems more worried about conceding than scoring so I don't know hopefully hopefully something will click and that will change because I said there's been so many games where you're making changes 84 minutes 82 minutes and they don't give the player long enough to get into the game and I know it's a strange one not many game changers on the bench Keane Dobra maybe there's not really many out many other players we've got on the bench Joe who can who can do something and make an impact being harsh yeah, I, I think so. I don't. I don't see how many game changes you expect teams to have on the bench because you've got to cover the sort of solidness of the injuries. There's a couple of live like El Mazzuni could have come on and when Judge was struggling and sort of put him on in that position and see if he could create something. Or I say there's, there's players there to do things mm. and and we'll 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 have see we'll have Sears on the bench um, more often than not in the next few weeks as well. He's an attacking option. Mm-hmm. Keen offers something different as as you mentioned. Teddy Bishop as well, a ball carrier in midfield. That's 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 a change, but we're crying out for some bloody wingers, aren't we? Because it's going to be yeah. hard to have a plan B if you don't have wingers. Yep, 
Um, let's end with this one from Will Airy. Um, what should Ipswich's New Year's resolution be, Mikey, for the year ahead? Aside from win more matches. Win more matches, play better football. Um, for Lambert, it's got to be just pick, just find a formation and just work really hard at it. And if, if it doesn't work one week, maybe just keep going on the training ground. Um, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, get promoted. <laughs> Simple. Joe, any, any resolutions? Um, win the league. Win the league. There you go. Simple, Will. Mm. That would just... Oh, and another, another one, maybe a news resolution for Ipswich Town would be to um, empty the, the whatever the boil water vessels are every now and again, rather than just reheating them every oh. Saturday. So everything ends up tasting like lime scale. How about That'd investing nice in I mean, it's probably payments. been 10 years. Yeah. Better, better service in the bars but you know stuff working yeah there we go that's that's the questions guys should we do the roundup briefly I'm still mulling whether we can f squeeze in a player stats right we're doing a, not too bad for time um, the results though from um, New Year's Day um, I'm trying to pick out the ones that are interesting South End a point for them away at Wimbledon still no win for Sol Campbell they are definitely down and this that is miracle territory. That would be fascinating to see that. I can't see it um, myself. Um, Doncaster won Oxford United nil. That's a big kind of top of the table clash there. Oxford had been the form team, had gone to second, I believe, and have now lost that situation. Well, Fleet. Well, Don Doncaster were down. They weren't even in the top half before that game, I don't think. Were they not? Um, yeah, despite a couple of really good results against. Yeah, quite right. They're fifteenth. Well. I've got. I've yeah. maybe got them confused with Rotherham, um, Northern teams generally that's a that's a <laughs> one for mullet um fleetwood won sunderland one sunderland's still um not particularly good in form fleetwood's form is tailing away a little bit pompey has a one all draw with gillingham and um, peterborough also a, a team at the top of the table um with a poor run of form a two defeat it's not easy at lincoln they're no mugs um and they beat peterborough 2-1 mk dons um graham coughlin left Bristol Rovers for Mansfield, and they've plummeted, probably you'd expect them to. MK Dons under Russell Martin, 3-0 victors there. Rotherham 2, Blackpool 1, another sort of top 8 or 9 teams there. Coventry City, guys. Matty Godden, two hat-tricks in two matches. 4-1 winners away at Tranmere, and probably the form team in League 1 at the moment. Um, the top of the table... Wickham's still there despite no wins in four matches, 44 points. Rotherham now occupies second place with 41. Coventry behind them with a game in hand on 40 points. Oxford in fourth, 39. Ipswich in fifth on 38 points. And Peterborough now sixth with 36. Ipswich, Oxford and Coventry have a game in hand. Ipswich and Oxford. We keep talking about our game in hand, by the way, on Twitter. Our game in hand is against Oxford, one of the form teams in the league. So let's not pretend that that is three points waiting to happen there. Oxford away as well. Yeah. Fleetwood, Bristol Rovers and Portsmouth teams just hovering outside. But it's it's really compact now. Form has gone all over the place in League One. So this promotion race has got many months to go yet. Any other comments on outcomes or results or league positions, guys? Or should we... We can quickly do a bit of player stats, right, if you want. Go yeah, let's, let's do that. that yeah. Why am I asking? I'm in charge. We'll do what I say. <laughs> um, player stats, right. I have um, looked through the stats. I've got my own little crappy stat machine. It's not to as many decimal points as the Renegade stat man's, but it doesn't need to be in this particular instance. We are doing the number of player rotation changes per match since the Rochdale <laughs> victory at the start of November. 
Um, <laughs> Rochdale team to the Blackpool team. How many changes in personnel? I don't care about the formation. How many player personnel changes were there? Um, and in this instance, there are some where the same is an answer. I should just let you know. Are we are we against each other or are we going to try you want. and do it together? You can do what you want. I can give you the Rochdale team if you want, if that's helpful. Yeah, that Probably. would be. Really? They're both they're both league games. There's not going to be a huge amount of change. So I'd Rochdale say. was uh, it was Norris four four two I think. Norris Garbert Chambers Wolfenden Edwards was the right back that day. Judge Nolan Scoose and Rowe and Nord and Jackson up front. Did did Vincent Young play that game, Jay? I don't think he did. I, yeah, I thought think he came back out. to the South End game. He's out at this point. I think okay. I can confirm. Uh, probably, I'd say probably shouldn't have two or three changes. Yeah, two. Let's go with two. Two's co- bang on. Correct. Um, yes. How many for the Wicker? Uh, for so I've given you Rochdale to Blackpool. I now need Blackpool to Wickham. Higher or lower than two? Saturday, so Tuesday, wasn't it? So yeah. Holy, Holy came in. We went three uh, at the back. Scoo sitting in front yeah. as well. So I could, I could imagine four changes four. on this one. Yeah, let's go four. Bang on, Higher. guys. Bang on. Emma Hughes also came in for that one, if you remember. Yeah. Maybe we were just yeah. playing him against Wickham. Um, we go from Wickham in the league. I'm ignoring all the stupid cup matches and going to Coventry in the league. Higher or lower than four changes for this one. Well, we I were think four, Nor- three, Norwood, three this game, weren't we? Norwood, did Norwood miss out on this one? Yeah, Keane played. Chambers missed out. Scoose missed out. So we I go four it, again? Be, I reckon this could be five. Five? Okay. Well, let's go higher. It is higher. It's six. Six changes. Dizelle comes into this one as well. Judge, Judge. as well. Um, so Bristol Rovers is next. Higher or lower than six changes? I mean, it's it's got to be lower, isn't it? It is a bit I, of a gimme, this one. This is probably... I think there's still like four changes here. Mm. I'd go four changes for that, but lower. Lower and four yeah, this, is this also is... correct. This is yeah. impressive, guys. I'm liking this. I always pick the crap was ones. Was that the skews at right back experiment? It was the skews at right yeah. back game. Yeah. Um, we are now at Portsmouth. I seem to remember there was another game in there, but Bristol Rovers to Portsmouth. High or lower? Spoiler alert, all the same. Um, I think it was the same, probably four, because <laughs> it was um, we'd gone three up front, but with Keane, Jackson, Norwood against Bristol Rovers, and then obviously at Portsmouth it was. Not those three, was it? And we'd gone, we'd gone back to four four two there. I think, hadn't we? So, and so yeah, I'd say four as well. Yeah, it was Keen. It was Keen and Norwood, wasn't it? Up top, it was Keen and game. Norwood? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No yeah. Jackson. So yeah, is it the and same? It is the same. Um, yeah. Gillingham so next. Gillingham. Higher or lower than four changes for Gillingham? I think that was three changes. That one. Yeah. Um, did Danassian play? Danassian comes did. in. Yeah, Enciala kept his place, so yeah, it must be lower. It is three, Joe, correct. Um, we're on to Lincoln now, where I'm not going to give you any prompts. That's a whole, probably, apart from asking you work out there. Yeah, it's the same, isn't it? I think three, yeah. It is the same. And yesterday, changes from the Lincoln game, higher or lower than three. Shoes came in. Will, Wilson, or did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wilson in, yeah, two. Um, so we went from four four two to three five two. Ed, didn't Ed, Edwards Edwards definitely started, didn't he? But yeah, Judge but, Judge did did he start a Lincoln? Yeah, I think he did. Yes, yeah, so did two changes. I'd say 
two changes yeah, is so correct Joey. yeah brilliant stuff that was yeah. and and also i guess illustrates this kind of peak of rotation happens around the coventry match and starts to tail off now again um there yeah, are some the, the cup now, game now we got a cup game right, out of the i should have stuck the cup matches in there that's probably more interesting isn't it um <laughs> but a good experiment nonetheless still fun um yeah, good stuff. Right, that is the end of the show, guys. We have got to an hour and 11 minutes. I'm pretty happy, Mikey, that I got that back on track. Um, yeah. But the ch- the debate, the chat is always good. Um, let's do some plugs before we talk briefly about Exeter. Um, you can find the channel at Blue Monday ITFC. You can also find us on Instagram um, if you go searching for the Blue Monday pod team, all one word. Um, we need more photos from the rest of the team. Me and Mikey have had some stuff on there. It's generally my stuff, so... Joe, if you're ever yeah, parking could have up, done with working. one of your one of your selfies from the White Horse, Jay. Yeah, never mind. Glad <laughs> um, to have missed out on it. <laughs> no, no, yeah, cameras are not allowed, on they? I don't know anything about these assumptions. What am I talking about? Um, <laughs> so, so you can find us on What's Instagram. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, you do not punish women for having big boobs. They should be celebrated. Um, YouTube. We have. Um, I forgot to mention this after the linking. We have relocated our YouTube channel, um, so we have a distinct little Blue Monday identity on there. Um, we still need more um, a few more videos uploaded to kind of boost our search rating um, I, I don't even know what I'm talking about um, if you go looking for Blue Monday podcast hashtag ITSC we'll show up in maybe the fifth or sixth results um, on YouTube um, all of the old stuff is still on Ben's channel Rich will so put the link on Twitter so just the link's on it. Twitter just subscribe to it simple <laughs> I don't know I'm giving all these complicated instructions Joe where can we find you on Twitter and is there anything interesting academy wise coming up for you no it's the break at the moment so at itfc underscore academy there's no games at the moment i think they're probably back this week to play next week and then and at joe fairs for the personal stuff mikey any interesting ipswich angles that you've managed to find for your work of late that we should keep an eye out for no no nothing i'm afraid um and yeah, as as you know, the only place uh, in Suffolk that you can watch uh, my Premier League content is in the Curve Bar, which uh, streams from foreign broadcasters. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, you can find me at Mikey underscore Smith thirteen on Twitter. Um, and yeah, maybe give uh, the Renegade Statman a little bit of love because he's been getting a bit of heat recently, and but he's such a important member of Ipswich Town Twitter I think and he yes. brings something completely unique and yes he is a bit of a wind up merchant but he's a fundamentally a, a fantastic man yes exactly right here here we and this isn't sucking up to him because he doesn't listen he to won't it. listen to it at all Mikey so it doesn't <laughs> matter but yeah I, and I, I don't endorse Mikey's comments either <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Yeah. Um, so yeah, go and give some love to our Chompex Three. Um, that all kind of got a little bit silly, didn't it, over Christmas? But I'm sure um, various people got a nice boost on Twitter for various likes or retweets or followers as a consequence of that. So a pat on the back to everyone. But uh, we got questions about Statman coming back on the pod. He's he's got. It's a, I think it's a self-imposed exile at the moment while he. I don't know, has house building work and stuff like that done. So I'm sure he'll reappear and this week in ITFC history re- hopefully reappear as, as well because um, we want Dave on the sh- on the pod as much as possible as well. Um, yeah. Talking of, um, we're hoping that I think it might be a Ben Bloom, Dave Diamond double header um, on the flagship oh. for Exeter. So, you know, peak Blue Monday there. Certainly all these, you know, people who have come along afterwards just lowering the same. But Exeter guys in the leasing.com trophy 
Um, Joe, are you playing um, a three-five-two with a three changes, or are you chucking in the kids? I, have, I, I, I think Lambert has mentioned there's going to be a strong team. The fact that we haven't Saturday, then the next game is the following Saturday. I think probably a lot of the senior players probably want another game in there. Like obviously, people like Wolfenden have played all three games over the Christmas period, so it's probably due a break. But I think we could get a decent team out there. Sort of your Jordan Roberts and there, but Will Keane, Freddie Sears, Ted Bishop. Prisbeck. Prisbeck, like yeah. yeah. Well, well, I'd like to see Sears start. I'd like to see Bishop start, which yeah. are sort of two big players. But then Lambert he'll be contradicting himself whatever he does now because after that um that impressive win at Peterborough was it Peterborough but on yeah. penalties he did say that it would be pretty much the same team that won that game that would get the chance in the next round but he now he's said a, that it's going to be a, a strong bonus team but... contract for a <laughs> yeah yeah that might be true yeah no I'd, I'd like to go for a strong but sort of rested team if that makes sense players that the players that need a break get left in Suffolk, but those who maybe haven't had quite enough minutes go rather than go totally youth team heavy. Is this the quarterfinal? Is this a no, significant no, think, game? Or is this no, like... round, round of 16. So there's still a few more. Yeah. But we're taking this yeah. seriously, aren't we, Mikey? Now this is a trophy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're winning trophy. this one. Yeah, we're getting <laughs> to Wembley. Um, yeah. Score prediction? Um, Exeter 2, Ipswich 1. Oh, Ipswich, Ipswich 2, Exeter 1. Flyme guys, let's on penalties. Good stuff, right? Well, we've done plugs. We've um, we've mentioned Twitters. You can find me at Ipswich. I don't know if I mentioned that. I'll do that again. Always a good follow. Always a good chance I might post a goal from the nineties or noughties. Um, it's always worth a follow for that. Um, and I'll say goodbye. I'll let Mikey have the last word as always. So Joe, say goodbye. Goodbye. And Mikey. Yep. Yeah. Be careful what you wish for, guys, and go easy on the cider in Exeter. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping. But in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans